Hi, and welcome to the Fit for Business podcast with me, Hayley Field, also known as the Food Ninja. I'm here to chat with business owners about their health and how it impacts their business and vice versa, and to share with you all the latest tools, tips and strategies that are working for myself and my clients. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Fit for Business podcast with me, Hayley Field, Food Ninja. I'm very excited today because I have a good friend, someone who's helped me massively with my business, international best-selling author, illustrious leader of one of the most popular Facebook groups, Birdman of the South. <laughs> good morning, Hayley. Thank you for that. Good morning. Thank you. Before we start properly, I'm just should we explain a little bit about the Birdman of the Southwest? Yeah, so I've done quite a lot of podcasts over the years. I have a pretty decent setup here, and as you can see, I've got the bundled for free with you um, headphones uh, (laughs) that come with your iPhone. Yours truly has a thing for birds, feathered kind in this instance. (laughs) And Haley will know this because we've hung out in Brighton together when I used to live there. Um, I like seagulls. I've always liked seagulls. I just think they're cool. I spent one whole summer in Brighton documenting baby seagulls' birth to flight for three months or so. I think I was talking about or two months or so. So anyway, short version is where I live now is on the waterfront and there are seagulls around and I'm at the top and they can be quite chatty in the morning and they've been very chatty lately and they have decided to nest upon my roof and then the other day i discovered a mini seagull who i've christened dave in a little gully in between where i live and so there's a little wall separating us and he was kind of quite bemused at this large ape creature suddenly looming over the top his parents are as you would expect very protective and they like to try and dive bomb me with shit whenever i go out into my own garden um i went away the other day and then there's three of them in there now so there's then three medium-sized baby seagulls, both their pet. So yeah, so I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be good. But if you do hear a lot of squawking, I have fed them this morning. I've had a conversation with them. I've told them just to shut up. I said, here's some chicken. Relax. Just chill. Leave me alone. So fingers crossed, you will not hear the cacophony of seagulls during this recording but I've done my best and so I said as I said to Hayley so hopefully the noise is okay I love podcasts myself there's nothing worse than shitty audio but I've got all my doors closed hot as hell and there's a fan over there which I hope isn't going to do it so I'm trying to maintain the ability to deliver quality content without sweating myself into oblivion (laughs) I did not know seagulls ate chicken they eat anything. Like cannibalism or? Yeah, well, they, they will eat anything. I mean, obviously, if you see them raiding the bins, they'll go through some KFC or some fried chicken. But um, I popped my head out the other day because there's a lot of noise. And uh, I think they had some sort of rodent that they were all tucking <laughs> into. And I was like, oh, this is delightful. So, yeah, mum and dad have brought back some treats up here. And I'm just like, yes. So, Lovely. yes. A seagull once swooped down and pinched the sausage out of my hot dog in Brighton yep. once. I've seen that happen. A, a limp, empty bun. I'm not going there. I'm not picking that bait up. <laughs> I'm not picking up a bait of you not having a sausage and a sad bun. I'm not doing it. <laughs> not doing it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cool. So we'll we'll hope that Dave and his siblings stay quiet yes. for today. So for maybe there's a few people listening who don't know who you are. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your business and how and why you started it? Yeah, so I'm currently 42 as of recording this. I started it, <clears throat> I, started, I went online, I believe at 33. It's all a bit of a blur, really. Um, I've had multiple, well, multiple, that's not what I've had a selection of careers, but it's predominantly been in either the Corporate space, headhunting, consulting, advertising, marketing, media, sort of big corporate stuff, or fitness, where I've been a personal trainer, I've run gyms, I was a director of a fitness business, big national chain, so that's the sort of two I sort of flip-flop from. My first business was a gym, which I still have, which is still going to this day. That was my first business, and then I needed, well, there was some downtime, as there is often with PT in the day, and I thought, you know, being quite entrepreneurial, I thought, how can I use that downtime more effectively? What could I do to make some money? I heard about something called copywriting. Um, which is not the little C that you see on products and things like that. It is the ability to write compelling words that sell, basically. And I saw a job offer through someone I was following to write emails for $30,000 a year. I thought, well, that's fucking crazy, like $30,000 to write emails. And I ended up not getting the job, but I became very good friends with the person who ran that business. Ended up going into his business uh, sort of like as a trainee funnel builder and copyright and all this kind of stuff. And then ended up becoming one of his main coaches and ended up sort of co-running the mastermind. I, I'm just good at the, the coaching stuff. Yeah. So I grew a pretty big marketing, copywriting ads agency those first few years. And then people kept asking me, and I had no intention to coach or to do anything. There was not a plan. But people kept asking me, you know, when are you going to sell something? When are you going to teach us? And I was just like, okay, well... Back at the time, um, I'd moved and where I was living. So I, I kind of I used to be in headhunting and recruitment. So I was pretty good at growing and scaling businesses and stuff and obviously bringing people in to do that. I got myself down to the point where I was only working really a few hours a week, you know, off the back of, you know, 5 a.m. to midnight kind of days for a couple of years. That parlayed into a little bit of a drink hobby. So, you know, nothing wrong with having a couple of drinks at the end of the day. It's quite normal, especially in UK. Um, but a couple of drinks became few drinks then that became more and more and I was just drinking every night because I was just bored to mm. be honest with you. And, and a little bit you know there's a few personal things that I hadn't quite worked out um you know sort of like using it to kind of you know numb myself to some of the things that I had to probably deal with at the time and yeah I decided to set up a Facebook group called Coffee with Dan and I thought if I, I I'm very much a man of my words so if I say I'm going to be somewhere at a time I've got a real thing about a bit obsessed about being on time for stuff so I thought if I show up in this group every day, like for accountability, nine o'clock in the morning, I'm not going to get hammered the night before because I will not not show up for people. Did a Facebook post saying, look, thinking about starting this Facebook group, this is the plan, show up in the morning, check, so basically check in, check out posts is what we used to do. Nine o'clock when I think it was two o'clock, I think we'd say what we did so far and then go on our merry way. I think 500 people joined that in two days, which is ridiculous. It's now about 17, nearly 18,000. Um, that parlayed into a load of other things as well. And then I wrote a book because I was putting a big event on and stuff. I wrote it in three and a half days. It sounds, that sounds like it might be a shit book, but um, <laughs> I basically didn't sleep. I think I had, I think I had the equivalent of one night sleep in three days. I just literally worked, you know, got all the stuff I learned, put it into it. That went crazy. Bestseller on every single platform 
uh, multiple times around the world. I think we're over a million sales now. We sold a quarter of a million to Barnes & Noble last year. No, two years ago. So that kind of gave me a big bump. I was number one on all of Audible for a while, number one on business, number one on entrepreneurship. Yeah, pretty nuts. So really, I feel, but the main thing I love about that is it's helped a lot of people. Lots of people who've read yeah. and listened to the book have not read books before, don't like reading, have found other sort of style of books very dry. Obviously, there's you know, a handful of people who've, you know, who get their world star who just doesn't like it, which is fine. You know, they pay their money, they're allowed their opinion. But it's changed, you know, hundreds of thousands of people's lives, which is really cool. And it's also provided me, you know, a great life, a great income. Uh, I have a special needs sister um, whose future would have been in the hands of, you know, a council or, or whatever, something like that for some of her specialised care. So I'm in a position where I'm able to sort of provide for that. So that's it. Oh, that was long, wasn't it? You did. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> a little shout out to Anna. Hi, Anna. That's my Brilliant. sister, by the way. Spoke. <laughs> call her. So obviously that's like quite a journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I really like about your journey and in particular, a, a lot of the things that you talk about online are you are really open about your health. Yep. And I think that puts you in a minority because obviously a lot of online gurus, I know you're not one of the gurus. I've never but... called such a thing. <laughs> But many people, you know, a lot of business owners will not talk about their health online. I've come across that issue, you know, because that's who I'm trying to help. And I actually did a poll um, and LinkedIn and on Facebook. And a lot of people said they don't want to look weak in front of their competitors and stuff like that. So why, firstly, why are you so open about your health? And secondly, obviously, it hasn't put you at a disadvantage. And do you think more people should you kind of normalize chatting about the effects of business on their health. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, so look, my background, you know, I said I was in the fitness space before this, you know, I knew what to do. I got a degree in sports and nutrition back in the day. Obviously, the things have advanced a lot since those days. But quite frankly, I made a decision, and this was my choice, where I said I was prepared to make sacrifices and I would see where the chips would fall. So I basically said to myself, well, look, I've got to make sure I provide something for my sister in the future. And I wanted a good life myself, you know, not just purely mm-hmm. altruistic. There was a personal reason and a, an altruistic reason. And I effectively quit caring about a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have done. I don't regret having done it, but it was not smart on reflection. So for me, I was very honest, you know, yeah, because people said you got to where you were quite quickly. And I was like, yeah, but I also didn't sleep. I lived off caffeine. I lived off nootropics, you know. My drinking was excessive. I ate shit, um, yeah. not literal shit, but, you know, crappy <laughs> food. You know, I would rely on things like, you know, takeaways and, and quick stuff because I was working all day long. You know, I had a, a pot, one of those old school, they seen like a films in America, those big pots of um, coffee. And I'd go through two of those a day. Wow. You know, I was living off nootropics and just taking anything to kind of keep me going. And yeah, it, it definitely affected some of my physical health stuff. You know, I was also into like powerlifting. I was very strong. So, you know, I was kind of mm-hmm. lifting big, big weights. But I look back at pictures of me and, you know, you can clearly see that I've got some muscle there. But fuck me, I had some fat as well. And quite frankly, I just looked like I was ready to burst, you know, kind yeah. of clearly high blood pressure. You know, I wasn't sleeping. My mental health wasn't fantastic. But I ground it out. And it's one of those things. And to the point where, you know, it was close to if I didn't make some changes, it would have finished me off. I had a few little warning signs and 
a few trips to the hospital, which were kind of a little bit, uh, it wasn't scary. It was just kind of like, oh, is this, is this where mm. I am now? So, but I realized that, it, you know, I could make changes and I knew it wasn't going to be quick. My whole ethos is showing up daily and doing things over time. And I just, you know, I know that any sort of transformation or change was going to do it. And I, and I wanted to share because a lot of people talk about making changes. I've done the same, you know, for, you know, I've learned the hard way. I would, I now I'd say now that's more philosophy, but then I'd be like, go all in, do all the things. And I would do the same thing over and over again. I think a lot of us do this as we get older. We still think we have the body and the resilience of, a, of our twenties. And that's not the case. You know, I jumped straight into a routine. I'd start doing, you know, like four or five spinning sessions a morning, hitting the weights every night, you know, eating super clean. And then I'd have one day where I'd be stressed and I'd just fucking snort two pizzas back to back or I'd get injured because I just, you know, would like now nah, fuck all this warm up nonsense. I'm just going to go back in like I used to. And yeah, it was always, you know, best intentions, but there would always be a setback. So I decided to kind of reach out, you know, to, you know, you were one of the people I've reached out to over the years um to get that back on track in a way that was sustainable and i've pretty much maintained that now for like two plus years yeah you're you're probably the healthiest now that you've ever well since i've known you anyway yeah i mean i'm probably i'm in the the small well i mean the smallest genes since my 20s that i'm in right now i'm you know, my resting heart rate is under 60. I sleep well. I don't apparently, I mean, anyone watching this can troll me otherwise. I don't apparently look my age, which is good. <clears throat> you know, I could get mistakes on sort of like mid-late 30s as opposed to early 40s, which is nice. You know, I, my skin's better. Everything works well. You know, I feel good. And I make, it's not about, and it's not and my, my, on the mind side of things. It's not like I'm always right now, but I think clearer. I'm more able to make effective decisions. I'm less controlled by anything emotional and I'm wrong less often. So it's not about being right. I'm wrong less often. And I've shared that. One of my things has always been about sharing the good and the bad, you know, and I would say, yeah, I'm going to start, I'm going to do this thing. And then I would fuck up, but I would never hide it. I'm like, ah, come off the way. You know, it's just a case of, I was very open and honest with people and every to the more for me with sort of a decent sized following, what I found is the more honest and open I'm with people and you're right, you wouldn't get people publicly saying stuff, but my DMs and my inboxes would get really chatty because there's yeah. a lot of people who are like, I've struggled with this, I don't do that, I can't do, you know. So, yeah, I think by being open enough to share it, it's inspired other people to make changes. You know, mainly business is my day-to-day, but obviously with the physical side of things, that's also, you know, a lot of people have, you know, not drinking on the head, for example. And bear in mind, I'm not one of those pious you can't drink, you know, I've gone on dates and stuff before and they'll be like, oh, can I drink around you? And it's like, do you know what? I'm probably not going to dive over you to grab your gin tea. I think you're fine. <laughs> you know, I've even had people, and it's very sweet, people say when they're cooking for me and they're like, oh God, there's wine in this recipe. And I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not going to snort a load of yeah. beef juice with wine in you. <laughs> you're okay. It's all right. But yeah, and it's, I think by being honest and open, it encourages other people to drink. They're not alone. You know, plenty of other people doing it. And it's I'd say it's more on the male side of things. From I've noticed a lot of men don't want to admit failure or doing things wrong. But, you know, realistically, it's, you know, especially online, well, you post something, you tell someone about it, in a couple of days it's forgotten. So it's no yeah. biggie. Oh, that answers your question a very roundabout way. I went off on <laughs> but for those of you listening, if you've never heard of it, I have these things called dangents. So I tend to go, I take the question, then I'll go off, off on a way. So I hope there was some value in that seven minutes of me talking or whatever it was it's it's good it makes my job a lot easier good 
why do you think, because obviously you've mentioned there that improving your health, it wasn't just a physical thing, you know, your cognitive ability mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like your clarity and yep. probably, you know, better able to make really good decisions and stuff like that. Why do you think so many people don't draw that, you know, join the dots between actually, if I look after my shit, my business gets better because I can think better and make better decisions and be more present with people, communicate better. But people just don't seem to make that connection. No one talks about it. Hardly Mm. any. I mean, you do. Um, But most people in the fitness nutrition space who who aren't of your caliber. So there's some great people there. I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. You know, what you'll often find is it was kind of like when I used to work as a personal trainer, you would, people would want the physique changes. They want the abdominals, the the fat loss, you know, and they'd often say, I want to feel better as well. You know, that's, but they would, they wouldn't really give any credit to what that is. You can't, you don't know what you don't know. So often it was the physical first, you know, for me, I wanted to lose weight. I dropped, I think like 20 something kilos now. Um, For me, it was purely aesthetic. I wanted to look better. There's a certain type of lady that I like. They also enjoy lifting weights and things. And I thought, well, I've got to meet them at least halfway. I look like, (laughs) you know, I think my favorite phrase, one of my friends said, he says, you're like 10 pound of shit in a seven pound bag. And I was like, (laughs) So, you know, be, you know, being silly there. But, you know, I did. I wanted to, you know, look better as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I, like I said, when I made sacrifices, you know, that was not only my physical health, mental health, that was relationships, that was free time and hobbies and friends. You know, I kind of was like, yeah. right, I'm going all in. So I kind of, you know, I always said I'm going to get to a point where I could then basically, I don't advise this, but just as, you know, I found this is something that I did. I went all in on something, knowing that there was going to be some damage done along the way. Um, to myself and I said right I'll get to a point where I'm successful enough that I can then start outsourcing and like undo all the work I did which is like working with you and other coaches and trainers and you know meal preps and all this kind of stuff over the years but it's like do I advise it no would I change it no but it worked for me but the mental side of things was just something you just experience as you go along so as you know again I eat better I eat mostly clean now with you know but by clean because I know obviously there's obviously lots of misnomers but I mean first I try and eat as least processed as possible yeah just lots of less yeah the less processed food I eat the better I feel but even then when I will have a you know you know I have like days off you know I track all my macros I know what I'm doing you know I track all my steps and my sleep and all that kind of stuff it's not obsessive I just know what to eat and I've got wiggle room as well I can still enjoy, you know, the pizzas and the burgers, but I tend to now make better choices with that as well. So even though I'm eating, you know, relatively good, nutritious, you know, nutrient-dense food throughout the week, if I want to have a pizza and stuff, I know I've got the, the macros available to keep me, you know, my sustained kind of level that I'm at. But I'll be, instead of just going, right, I'm just going to get domino, you know, nothing against dominoes, but like, this, yeah. but, but I would generally feel a bit there after that. I will generally make better choices. So I'll get better quality food. So I'll get, you know, a better quality pizza, a better quality burger, a better quality ice cream. So I still enjoy my stuff, but instead of just going volume, which it was yeah. before, eat yourself happy till I feel sick. And I'd sometimes yeah. be sick because I'd eat too much, like a fucking dog. Now I just make better, and I don't have that need to binge anymore and overeat because I, you know, want to. It's like, oh, I've got a, a free evening, I'm to go crazy. Now it's like yeah. I'll have, you know, a pizza and a couple of scoops of ice cream. And I before, I might feel bad about stepping off the way, you know, on that. And then I go that now I'm like, do you know what? I had a great night last night. I was with my friends. We enjoyed food together. It was social. That's worth a modest, tiny few grams of weight gain that it may have been off the yeah. back. But it's that, it's that whole, but everything, I just think better off it. You know, 
I my in, my insides feel better. I sleep better. I'm less moody. I'm not particularly moody, anyway, but I'm just more in control of my thoughts, and it's just made a big difference. You know, I tend to be, you know, I think it all ties in. You know, I eat better, therefore I sleep better, therefore I'm more rested, therefore I'm less likely to make silly, snappy decisions and stuff like yeah. that, or based on emotion because I'm tired or because I'm hungry as well. You know, I've done very extreme diets as well where I just had no energy to do my job or I was just snappy because I was fucking starving. Yeah. So yeah, it's all, it all ties in nicely. I see it more as, you know, it's like my now philosophy is this is the vessel I've got left. If I look after it, it'll do me good. I'm a huge fan of motorbikes. I've got a few of them. I, l- I look after my bikes. You know, I put in good oil. I put in good petrol. I make sure they're serviced all the time and it works. And it gives yeah. me lots of fun. And it's just the same principle I use after my body. More good stuff I put in within reason, with a little bit of wiggle room for fun, everything's trends upward. Yeah. It's so amazing for me to hear you talk about balance because I remember when we worked together, I remember one of the things that you said to me was like, tell me how many of these chicken wings I can have for all of my calories. <laughs> like, tell I, mean, me I didn't calories. want to live off chicken wings at the time. I'd like the, yeah, it just made me laugh. But, I think that that's quite common with business owners because, you know, you talked then about how you've become so successful in a short amount of time by being extreme, by just doing more Mm. of more extreme, faster, you know, go bigger and, you know, more extreme behaviors. And I think a lot of business owners have that personality. And then to try and get people to realize that's your MO for your business and that's how you've been successful. Mm -hmm. But actually that you can't apply that to your health. It doesn't work. So it's trying to that mindset shift between, well, that's how I normally get success, but actually I can't get success. You can't apply that to everything. I mean, you know, as well, I will say this as well, when I did that um, with the business stuff, it was a perfect storm for me. You know, I was in my Mm -hmm. early thirties and my partner at the time, um, she was a dancer. So she traveled a lot. So I had a lot of time to do it, you know, to work, you know, no kids, you know, by my sister, um, no real dependents or anything. So I was, I, I said, well, I'm never going to get this opportunity again. So I'm going to mm-hmm. give it my all. But applying those principles to other parts of my life just didn't, didn't work. You know, you know, yeah. can't go all in on something most of the time. You know, I've, I've learned this the hard way. You know, for example, it's like <laughs> when I've dated in the past and stuff, I've met someone like, right, we're doing this or not. And it's like, hey, we just hung out for a couple of times, Dan. Because I just can't, my philosophy is more of a case of, I can't be fucked. Let's just get on with it. What we're doing, what we're doing, you know, what's the yeah. numbers? What's the deadline? Why we, you know, not about relationships. So just everything. Well, much, no, no, no. This is not, this is like general business life. Like what we're doing, when is it done by? Yeah. You know, what's the, what the end date? You know, what's the goal? What's the numbers? You know, in like in yeah. our case, what's the number I need to eat to be pretty? I would say. Yeah. And yeah, obviously I've learned those numbers over the years. What works for me, but it is everything now is sustainable. Like if I stay yeah. where I am right now, I, I'm pretty fucking happy with that. Yeah. No, I can see you're you're much happier, definitely. Obviously, you talked about that. You used that kind of method to be successful in your Mm -hmm. business. And I think, again, you're quite unique in the fact that you made a decision that, right, I'm going to use that method, but there's going to come a point where I know it's going to have to change. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of people who come to me are always saying, oh, after this launch, I'll do this. Or I just, you know, I'll keep working these 14-hour days after the next project but then the end of that comes and then there's always something else and something else and something else so they never escape from that whereas you manage to say right you know draw a line and say I've used this now I can't sustain that because it's not healthy so what was that point that you 
made that decision or what was it that made you think right okay this is the time that I need to stop doing stuff I mean to be honest I remember sitting down at my mum's um or mum and dad still together my dad passed away a couple of years ago and actually being able to train and stay focused and eat well during a really stressful time actually allowed me to be a good son to my dad in his final days I'm not just throwing that in there for sake of it as a case of you know I didn't you know, it was something that I needed, you know, I was, I was, well, I so I was doing a bit of emotional eating then, but, you know, I kind of was, you know, eating as good as I could during a pandemic definitely helped me during some troubling times as well. It just felt better. But um, for me, back in the day, it was, I sat down and I literally looked left and there's a mirror there and my just gut was just there. And then I thought to myself, God, imagine getting fucked by that. <laughs> And I was just thinking to myself, that's not a treat, is it? <laughs> Bear in mind, I am not being, just want to make it super clear, not being sizes, you know, you can be, do whatever you want. Everyone deserves love and intimacy and doesn't, that size is irrelevant. But yeah. for me personally, mm. I felt minging and I just thought I don't look good. Yeah. And the other thing is I felt it was incongruent with my brand because I felt mm. my brand is about getting shit done. It's about yeah. doing what you're saying, doing. I was thinking, right, well, I've done, why am I not congruent? with that there why can't I get that element of the, the shit done yeah so I was very honest with myself and I said well look I had a, a big push obviously it was going to be a big push it's going to be a big tour but then the pandemic kicked in so I thought to myself not only if I ate better and looked after myself would I be able to sustain the duration of the traveling but I was also going to be on stage yeah. and I saw some pictures of me on stage before and you know from if I knew the camera was on me it was okay but a couple of like you know say people taking photos up at you on stage I was like yeah. fuck it hell and I just didn't feel it was congruent with my brand so mm-hmm. I am not in any, you know I'm very much a case if I want everyone in my world to be happy and if you're happy you can look how you want be how you want do it. it's super cool like I you know, yeah. happy for you but for me I was unhappy with how I looked and the yeah. fact is you know I had a brand talking about getting shit done I come from the fitness industry although I still owned a gym and I thought this is not very very congruent with my message and I felt it was important to make that as well so that was that was the kind of like you know literally looking over at myself and just going oh what's that yeah. was not pretty and I think it's not like you say it's not just about a physical thing is it because I know like when we worked together, you were going to do Expert Empires, weren't you? Yeah, so you that's were right. Something. Yeah, and I had to be on stage for that. Yeah, and I think just knowing, like going up on stage and knowing that, you know, I've been looking after myself, just that self-esteem that you've got from yep. knowing, hey, I'm doing all the shit that I need to do to take care of myself. It comes across when you It talk. bleeds into everything. And I'll just say, look, if you've, if anyone's listening and there's like thinking, you know, first of thinking I'm a bit of a knob, you're allowed to. That's the beauty of having an opinion. But I've just been honest today on why I did some of the things that I did and, and we're focusing on them. But for me, you know, I'm a pretty confident person. But that's something I've worked on, not naturally. I'm naturally an introvert and I've kind of trained myself to be more extroverted and put myself out there more over time. But how I feel walking into meetings, if I meet people at a wedding at the weekend, when I, you know, if I meet a new social group of people, I feel good. You know, I you know that yeah there's people with you know six packs and veins all over them and all that kind of stuff but I you know I look in the mirror I'm really happy what I present and you know what I can walk into this may sound really small to some people but it's something that I've always struggled with I've got very big legs I was a rugby player for a long time as a power lifter 
love squats. Always been a big fan of squats, 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 you know, squats and deadlifts, all that kind of stuff. But I used to kid myself that I couldn't get jeans to fit because of my big legs. And my legs aren't big. They are, you know, large thighs. But I used to have to get like 38 and 40 inch trousers to not only get my legs in, but also the other padding that I'd accumulated. This may sound really small to some people. And I think maybe some of the ladies listening might identify this a bit more, but I could walk into a shop and I could get what I call people clothes. And I used to just, I used to have to get my, a lot of my jeans online because they would never stop the bigger yeah. sizes. So I'd have to get them online. It was an honestly, when I say I dreaded, like a lot of guys fucking hate shopping anyway, yeah. and especially jean shopping. Men are just like, don't fucking want to do this. Do not want to do this. But I it was, I used to dread it. I used to fucking yeah. dread it. Cause I was like, I'd get it up and I'd get it and then I'd get that point halfway up and I'd be like, for fuck's sake. And then I'd just get hot and annoyed and angry and all this kind of stuff. Now, I mean, I literally have, I wear the same outfit everywhere I go. It's black t-shirt, blue jeans, black, either black trainers or brown boots. I wear the same fucking shit all the time. I'm a large now in my t-shirt, which is the first time since my 20s. And I now can walk into, so I've found, I've never worn like fitted jeans. I now get, I can go, so... I, the brand I like, Hugo Boss, um, not being a wanker, just the, the, the jeans, they tend to fit guys who lift a bit quite well, but quite good. Yeah. And I can get 34 off the shelf and I don't even need to try them on. I know a 34 fits me, that's yeah. it. So I mean, I have not been able to do for, I'm going to say 15 plus years. Wow. That is a huge thing, I think. And I I, don't, I actually think it's not just women because I heard hear so many of my clients say, you know, I could go into a shop and just, know that I can pick up anything and it'll look all right on me and even you know I remember Zach saying you know he's lost five stone and he said almost exactly Mm. the same words as you like I can just like buy normal person clothes in a normal shop it's quite a big thing It it is and it's just again my whole life is like I try and make my life as simple as possible and starting this process you know with you and then continuing it further a lot of it was about removing I had to remove things from my life and make space to make it happen you know like in you know it's a case of you know, I had to take you know change my diary make my plan so I could actually have time to again I come I came from that school where you just trained you just trained loads and nutrition yeah. was like eh, you just that's just you know try and eat vaguely healthy like get a few carrots in or something you'll be fine. <laughs> whereas actually now I maintain the muscle mass I've got really easily and yeah. as long as my nutrition's on point it's so much easier to do it with food than it is with training you know, yeah. I haven't got time, or I haven't got the body or the hip anymore to train for like two, three hours a day, which I used to be able to do. You know, I used to yeah. do that sort of thing. I, I don't want to do that now. I, you know, I'm still yeah. fit and healthy and like lifting, but it's a case of, you know, if I watch what I put in my mouth, it makes the whole process so much easier. It does. And that's, you know, like you say, that's the thing that not many people want to pay attention to because they like all the like sexy stuff, like lifting heavy weights and things. Mm-hmm. Which so, is cool. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'd say now the gym, I used to use the gym as my media. For example, I'd wear a MyZone belt and I would always try and you know, look at my calories burnt and I would always be looking at my steps and then I'd be working out how many calories. You know, I was always that. Whereas now I know if I got the nutrition side relatively dialed in, again, not perfect. If I, you know, if it's pretty much on point most of the time, I'm good. I'm not yeah. obsessed by it. It's not, I don't feel guilty. You know, the other day I had just, I'd had just a fucking brilliant week and I thought, I'm going to go get half a litre of ice cream from this amazing ice cream shop. And I didn't feel one fucking bit guilty at all. I was like, do you know what? I want it. You know, I know food as a reward is not necessarily a good thing, but I was like, do you know what? Uh, it's a hot day. It's the best ice cream I can find. 
I'm going to go sit on my balcony and eat that. And it was delicious. I had a great time. I felt fucking no badness about it at all. Exactly. And that's, I I don't think, it's not necessarily a reward, is it? Because it's the experience as well, isn't it? You know, sitting on your balcony, like appreciating it, had a great week and whatever. So, yeah, I think that's a really healthy attitude towards food, which is a massive change, isn't it? I know. I mean, yeah, it's 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 definitely made a big difference getting that child yeah. in. I mean, now, obviously, this may not be uh, appropriate for everyone. But you know, now I kind of have a really good meal prep company that I use, it makes it simple for yeah. me. But even then, I've got enough that covers, you know, the protein requirements I need the good energy that I need. And there's still like five, 600 calories a day of wiggle room. So I can either make something healthy yeah. or I can bank it all and have a fun Friday. Or if I just want, I go for a little walk every night. Every night, I often have one scoop of ice cream. I just go around yeah. the river, have a scoop, and I'm, it's just a lovely end to the day. Just, so, yeah, I'm in a very good place, you know, with nutrition yeah. now, which I haven't been for, if I'm honest, a very long time. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm really happy to hear that. Thank you. So something else I want to ask you about, you mm-hmm. are, I think – quite well known for your resilience yep. so I know obviously you mentioned your hip there and obviously you had your little accident on the bike yes, um, so be. you've gotten a bit bashed up lately so in terms of you know I think a lot of people would be really interested to hear about where does that resilience come from and can you cultivate it and you know how do you manage to keep going and keep your resilience kind of topped up I mean if I was to sum it up, the thing that has got me through everything, and there was a seven-month period where, and bear in mind, this first thing might sound a little bit wanky, but I come from very, very little. Mum and dad weren't wealthy, and I'm looking back at my childhood, I realized how many sacrifices they made. You know, mum had three jobs. You know, dad worked full-time job, special needs sister who took a lot of care. You know, when you look back, some of the things that, like, for example, my dad, because he'd have a fuel card so he could drive us places for his old job back in the day and there's this humpback bridge and used to just drive me and my sister over it for like an hour either side just not fast it wasn't trying to kill us but it's just you know that <laughs> feeling of you like like a roller coaster feeling and yeah. he said you know that's all he could afford to do couldn't afford to take us anywhere but he could take us for a little drive and show us things and take some walks and stuff so i say this so i've always loved going fast so i love fast so in the space of i think in or in that year so 2020 i had a couple of jet skis that i used to use with you know clients and for fun when i used to live in brighton so they got stolen first of all. So I've had two things I've wanted my whole life stolen. Then the day they got stolen was the day I actually found out that my dad had cancer. Um, so I had that call in the morning. Then I got a call from the people who looked after him, said, sorry, they've been stolen. I was like, well, do you know what? Compared to what I've just heard, it's like, yeah. fine. Then obviously all of us had corona to deal with. Um, my boys who run my gym, they're like the children that I've never had. I love them dearly. They are the most wonderful gentlemen ever. I'm really proud of the men they've turned up to. But they were obviously panicking. So obviously I had to make yeah. sure they were secure. And then obviously everyone online. So obviously everyone online was starting to lose their shit. Then, uh, unfortunately, Dad passed in July of that year. I had, let's just say, a very dynamic relationship at that point, which was a little bit challenging. And I thought, this year's been a, been a fucker. This has, yeah. been, this has been hard. And I remember saying to him, well, at least it can't get any worse. And I got run over. So, yeah, on my uh, on my motorbike. And it was a new bike, which I'd bought a couple of days after Dad passed as a little thing to kind of cheer me up. And, yeah, so obviously my pride and joy got destroyed as well as, you know, me. I mean, but, you know, carbon fibers just way more. Your body will grow new bones and stuff. Carbon <laughs> fibers are really, really fiddly to fit. You can't glue it together. 
But anyway, so yeah, and I and I realised. I remember just thinking to myself, if I didn't have you know my ability to be resilient, I'd be fucked by now. Yeah. And honestly, it boils down to routine. It yeah. but like I do give or take the same things every day, and it just allow. And I have a few little little systems, SOPs, you know, things mm. that allow me to. If something goes wrong, I okay, I've got a little structure. So for me. It's the same things every day, you know. I, it's, I'm not going to be one of those cold shower ice wankers. Okay, I mean it's good. No, it works. Yeah, you know. Look, I'm not for me. I wake up, I have a cold shower, go for a walk, come back, do a bit of sort of, you know. I wouldn't even call it journaling. I just get what's out of my head. Sometimes it's like a to do list. Sometimes it's just yeah. things I want to do. Sometimes I'm just fucking rage writing. Don't know what it is. <laughs> Then I start my day. And so that's a, a, I have a similar evening routine as well, which is stretching, um, an Epsom salt bath, reading with my glasses. So basically a lot of things I do, just it's, it's just routine. When you've got shitty times, routine mm-hmm. is your friend. And I will say a lot of people, I mean, holding up my phone here, um, a lot of people get too reliant on their phone in a bad way. As in it's notifications, yeah. it's people pinging you and getting after you. So for me, Best thing that I've done, and I've done this now for for two years, and I get all my clients to do it, is a four week calendar. I've got I fuck the Gregorian calendar. It's painting <laughs> up. No, it's annoying. Why? Is it, I mean, it just does my head in. Why has it yeah. got twenty eight? That one's got thirty. That's thirty one. Shut up. Make it equal. Sorry. I like routine. Routine gives. Yeah. So, for example, for me, I went through my whole life. I did a bit of an audit of my life. I looked at the areas that were lacking and those areas that were strong. So the areas that were strong, I kind of put on MED, minimum effective dose, just maintenance. Let's keep them just ticking along the areas that were weak. I was like, cool, what can I do every day, every week, and every month to improve them? So one of the things was, you know, know, connection was something I was really missing. So I made sure that I got in the diary, time to see my mum and sister, time to see my old school friends. You know, once a month I go and travel with Basically, all my internet friends live in fucking Narnia, for want of a better phrase. They all live all over the place. So I, I you know, I say to myself, you know, every week I'm going to go see uh, mum. Every two weeks I'm going to. We, we now play badminton. This is the show, right? Play badminton. Mm-hmm. With so we play badminton, but I would do that, and then once a month I would go and visit a friend somewhere. So yeah. I do that. A walk a day for me is a non-negotiable. You know, mm-hmm. non-negotiable. I've even got wet weather. You know, kind of like overall type things I can wear. Like if it's but it's pissed. Every day I go for a walk with music on. It makes me happy. The gym, three times a week. I do offer more than that, but it's minimum, non-negotiable. These are all things that I do. You know, reading, non-negotiable. You know, yeah. educational stuff, non-negotiable. I just put them into my diary. Now, yes, it's easy for me because I haven't got certain things. So you might, if you you know got kids or commitments or things, then you're going to have to be realistic. And you might have mm-hmm. to let something go. i get up a little bit earlier, a bit later or whatever. But for me, it has been routine. And the fact is... I do this every time I kind of feel a little bit out of sorts, or as my, my friend Tag would say, some type of way. Yeah. I sit down, I do another life and business audit. I go through everything really practically. Okay, cool, let's look at this, let's look at that. Let's take things really structured, and then I put a plan in place. And then what I do, generally takes me about two or three hours. I then program my phone. So I put my phone, I, I, I ignore the calendar months. I don't, I, you know, I used to do it when I was a personal trainer as well. So I used to work in, you know, cycles. And it was like every four yeah. weeks, we just do four week cycles. It's nice and simple. It's easy programming. So I know there's things I do daily that keep me on track. Things that I do weekly that are on track and monthly that are on track. You know, for example, I could do all the training and the reading and all that kind of stuff. But if I'm not, if I don't, it sounds late, like I don't, 
I love my mum and sister to bits. And it's only us, you know, since dad's gone, we've yeah. got even closer still. But I said to mum, if I have it in the diary, then I, so basically I program my, so my phone is a tool now. It used to, I used to feel trapped mm. by a mobile phone. Now my phone is a tool that serves me. My phone then tells me what to do and I will run it through my team. I'll talk to mum and Anna about it. I'll talk to my friend. I'll basically, I'll basically once I've, once I've done it, I'll just make sure, is this right? Is, is, have I missing? And I would say to Sarah, who's my assistant, I'll say, am I missing anything, Sarah? Is there something there that I'm not doing? Because she's known me for like seven years. She goes, yeah, you've forgotten that. Cool, pop it in. So honestly, resilience can be trained and it comes from discipline and routine. Yeah, I'm dangerous by the sound of it. Yeah, I'm very, that's something that, I mean, I, I never, ever want to hurt anyone or make anyone feel bad or, or but people, look, one thing I've learned is people are silly, okay? Pe- people are weird. Humans are bizarre. They're fucking weird. One minute, this person's doing that, and then they do something. Have you seen the things we do for fun? The amount of effort <laughs> people make to rub their midsection against someone else. <laughs> I mean, have you ever just taken a pause and had a look and think, what am I doing? Oh, I don't want to examine it. Be some you sort should, of you crisis. You should. you should. And it's like, what are we doing with our lives? What are we doing? I mean, it's fun, obviously. I'm just being silly for the sake of this podcast. But <laughs> I've realized that people now... People often do what's best for them. So if yeah. they want to tell you to fuck off, if they block you, if they don't touch you anymore, that's a reaction to obviously maybe your interaction with them, and that's their choice. So I now, if anyone wants to do something, if they are an asshole to me, or if they disappear, or if they say something weird, now I just take a pause, and this is kind of one of the things I don't react. Like mm. I used to, I take a pause and go, okay, why might that person be doing that? Is there anything I've done? that could have precipitated that response or, you know, often like I've, I have avoided so many confrontations with online or kind of when discussions by just saying, are you okay? Before I, I would often say, before I say what I want to say, yeah. Are you all right? Have you had a bad day? Yeah. You okay. Uh, and often that di- is just a little tip. It wasn't my, I can't remember where I heard from it just diffuses a lot yeah. of things. And just since the pandemic, people have gone a little bit special and I just understand that we all deal with things in our own way. Yeah. So for me, I'm a deleter. And what do I mean by that? As is in like, if somebody chooses to no longer create, that's fine, but I just delete. And it's no need. It's not like a fuck you delete. It's like, cool. Yeah. You know, I always leave a communication channel open. It's like, cool. You go do you wish you the best. And I just yeah. let go anything I can't control. I just let go of. Yeah. And I say that's yeah. really helpful from resist. Some things you just can't change you know i can't get my dad back mm-hmm. okay and i love my dad and if anyone's you know not familiar with me and my dad used to call him the goat he sounds the greatest of all times an american thing but he used to call it, and he loved it he's never really had a nickname and he loved it and he was known as the goat and he used to come on all my lives and stuff and in the car with him and that and he was fun it's like the little emoji the goat emoji yeah yeah he used, so yeah so he was always you know he's a big part of you know nothing obviously love my mum and sister but you know we it was just it was a cool dad so I could either be consistently sad about that. And you know, a lot of people say, you know, we all deal with bereavement in a different way, but I choose the reframe of I've got people who've had horrible dads, been hurt by their dads, never met their dads. I had 40 years of an epic dad. So yeah. I feel very grateful for that. And gratitude is also a big part of it as well. So for me, again, this is obviously broad resilience things. If I ever feel a little bit, and this especially if someone, is, if anyone listening who's doing well, if you're kind of mm-hmm. doing above average, things are going well, maybe you've got a few more pennies in your pocket, you know, successful, whatever. And for those of you who are not there yet, if you keep going, you probably get there eventually. Most people, if they keep going, you know, we're all different speeds, but you'll get there. There'll be a point where you think, well, I, well, I shouldn't complain. 
I should, I should, I should just shut up. I'm, I'm not allowed yeah. to feel stressed or angry or upset or sad because I have, I have things. I have yeah. assets. I have some pennies. I have some freedom, whatever. And I am so fucking grateful for what I have. It took me a long, you know, seven plus years to get here, but I do not regret it. And now I'm enjoying the rewards of that, the work that I did then. Same as I am like with my sort of health and fitness now. That was two years ago I started doing that and it's now the rewards I'm enjoying every day. So one of the things that I will, um, sorry, I've gone off on a tangent. What was I saying? I've done so well. I haven't done this once at all. This is the first one. What was my point? I am so sorry. What was I saying? You're talking about resilience. Yeah. And why did I start talking about that element ah oh, yes i remember this is my other little thing so yes i got there got it so for me something that my very very first coach said is when you feel shit or feel a bit down or life feels battering you in some way turn your direction into helping someone else so turn your direction so yeah. it's dead you know if you've got a skill or an asset you can go online post say hey i've got an hour free who needs some help with their their mindset their copy their nutrition uh whatever or, but for me um, one of the things i do is where i live not far from me on the little walk i there's i do a lot of um so charity work when I can with the launches we do always give percentages away and we did a, a launch recently solely for charity yeah. um one of the things I do is there's this in the city where I live you know it's homeless people it's common and I do a lot of I you know I've got the little lap I've got the same people I see all the time and I chat to yeah. them and I help them bring them food and stuff but if I immediately feel a bit woe is me I go and help someone else whether it's online or I go out there and say right what can I do for you you know can I put you up for a night somewhere do you need some food you know what can I do yeah so helping others is a really good way to get yourself ahead yeah definitely it's a lot of good advice there yeah um, and one that's my only pause as well sorry about that to anyone listening I've done so well staying on track and I went off on a tangent and I'm like I don't know where I've got to where am I? We like the tangents. It's fine. Okay. So it seems like right now, sort of, ev- like you say, everything is coming together. So like mm-hmm. physically with your health and mentally and emotionally and all that kind of stuff. So you're kind of coming the full package. Uh, yeah. No, I feel very happy. Well, I said, but none of this was quick. Um, it took time, you know, had to find what worked for me. You know, Hayley actually had the joys of try- teaching me, you know, we could call it one pan Dan, one trying pan to teach him for simplicity. And I, I like cooking. I'm a decent cook. But for me, the way my brain works is, you know, I can create a really good meal or dish, but I've just created fucking carnage in the kitchen. <laughs> my brain, you've seen what it's like. But it's, it's not me being deliberately messy or lazy. It's just, and then I can think, I make a nice meal and I'll look at my sink and I'll be like, oh, for fuck's sake, you've got to do that. So for me, the solution that I found was, a high-quality meal prep company that delivered most of my macros that still gave me time to cook a nice meal if I wanted to. But it's a case of I've got – it's like my minimum effective dose. I've got my bases covered. And even if I just go into the fridge, grab those, eat those, I know I'm on track. But when I can't be here and I'm traveling – you know, we used, what was it, NutriCheck? Were you that introduced me to NutriCheck? Uh, NutriCheck, because yeah. Yeah, um, it was more, because you were eating out a lot of the mm. time. It was it, There's more English restaurants and stuff yeah. on there, isn't there? So we used like, that. I know the sort of level to stay what I am. And you know what? I don't really, like I used it quite a lot with you. So I kind of mm. know what I need to do. So when I'm traveling and stuff, it's dead simple, you know. Like the other day, I was in a, a hotel for the wedding and I was like, right. Looked at the menu. It's a nice menu. Had a Marco Pierre White restaurant. So I thought, oh, it's be nice food. And I thought, right, is the burger and chips or the sirloin steak and salad going to have more calories? And I said, I think I can probably figure that one out. <laughs> and then I was like, right. And I did want something sweet. I always like to finish with a sweet. 
And I was like, you know, does the ice cream or the does the you know the ice cream or the brownie have more calories or the sorbet? Like again, I wasn't yeah. denying myself. I was just enjoying my food and I felt, you know, I don't know what it was, but give or take, I'm probably on track. So that's the kind of decisions yeah. I make now. Whereas previously, I mean, I was with our mutual friend Damien. Um, he's a big boy, but a strong, big, powerful. Um, he's a, he is he's, like a unit. He's so strong. I mean, he's so strong, but he's so much muscle, and he can eat more than me as well. Yeah. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd had a, the, you know, and my rule of thing I would always have if you're in a hotel, because I never have an English breakfast. It's not something I do. He's like, do you want to meet for breakfast? And I was like, yeah, I do. But I know me and a breakfast buffet is not a fan. And then there was at the wedding the day before, it was very buffet style, and I ate... Uh, I think 14 pieces of Battenberg cake. So I can't be trusted. Yeah, I know. I saw it's from my childhood and I was like, there, there, weren't, there weren't fucking great big slices. They're about like two inch square. And I yeah. had a piece and I was like, wow, these are all dams <laughs> now then. I just put them all on my plate. And I'm like, there's none for anyone else. I don't care. <laughs> what have we learned about buffets today? Yeah, buffets are... Buffets, are, I think anyone finds it difficult to control themselves around a buffet, really. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, this may not be, especially if you've got, you know, kids and little ones. I know they love their snacks and stuff. But one of the things <laughs> that's worked really well for me is I just don't have anything unhealthy in the house. Yeah, it's Literally, more of an avoidance. There's nothing in here. And I've deleted all. There's just a little thing that I've just might be. I've also deleted all of the delivery apps off my phone. And I use my laptop. So if I want something yeah. in, I have to go yeah. in. I have to sign yeah. in. I have to put in the password. It's nothing saved. I've, I've deliberately yeah. made it a little bit more of a ball ache. Yeah. And there's a part. And, but my main thing is if, I've, if I'm stopping I really want something, I have to go and get it. I have to go foraging. Yeah. So it stops me doing it. So, it's yeah, having. It's a bit of space between the yeah. trigger and the action doesn't it yeah. just that impulsivity just a little tip that's worked for me i just don't like yeah. literally there is nothing in my house bar the meal prep some protein bars uh some dried fruit and some nuts and that's it so if i you know that's if i wake up you know i used to have this terrible thing that i used to do like there was some snacks and when my mum dad and sister moved in with me during the pandemic for a little bit because they're moving house so they'd have all their snacks and i'd be like <laughs> It's like there's this little goblin that wakes me up at two in the morning and go, there's a Mars bar out there. And my <laughs> mum once heard something, she wasn't used to live with me, and there's, I just fucking inhaled four Mars bars at two in the morning. I'm like, what am I doing? So, yeah. Your mum is great at snacks, though. She is a, she's, do you know what? She, I'm actually really proud of my mum on this one because I said to her, I said, like, again, again, prefix, love at any site. You can be what you want. Okay, but I, know, I used to say my mum would buy snacks. I was like, mum, do you want grandkids one day? Then maybe, you know. <laughs> Stop making me turn into a meatball. Like, seriously. <laughs> so she's my mum has been absolutely brilliant because I've been slaying to her. I said, I know you, you're a feeder and you love to show your love with food. But, and again, this might be useful for some people there, but I took the time to educate my mum and yeah. just say, right, this is what these are. So now when I go around, there's packs of chicken, there's packs of ham, there's fresh fruit. Um, if she's yeah. bought, uh, you know, low calorie things, you know, she's, she still thinks, you know, for example, she thinks like low fat is good, which is cool. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm like, okay with that. That's okay. Yeah. But like, she'll get like sugar free things and there's only sugar free drinks in the house. You know, she's really tried. And I think sometimes we get sabotaged, not in a bad way by like partners no. and loved ones. But I took the time to say, I love you, mum. But I would turn up on my bike to go see mum and sister. And there would literally be, you know, I'd have a little backpack. It's like a 15 litre, just a small backpack that you wear on, on a bike. And it would be full, full of stuff. And there'd be like cans of pop. There would be 
donuts, there'd be cakes, there'd be meat, and I'd be like, I'd get home and I'd say, right, I'm going to put that away. Would I fuck? I'd fucking snorting it. Send you a lot in. <laughs> get so rid of it quickly. Yeah, that was it. I like better get rid of all these snacks. So yeah, that's another again another dungeon yeah. there for everyone listening. So my final question, yeah. as we bring things to a close, that I like to ask everybody: uh-huh. Have you got any advice, or what is your best bit of advice for someone who may be currently in that kind of either starting their business or in that period of like I must work twenty fucking hours on my business? Is you know, in hindsight. Um, knowing what you know about your health and how your business affected mm-hmm. it, is there a, a piece of advice you'd like to give people in that situation? Yeah, I, I, I don't sugarcoat shit. If you want success, you're probably going to have to choke on a bag of dicks for a while. Like, <laughs> you are going to have to, like, seriously, think about it this way. If you want to get to where you want to be, it's going to take hard work. And you can condense that hard work like I did, or you can spread it out over time. It's your choice. You decide what level you want to play at. Okay, that's something you've got to decide. What would I have done if I, you know, would I, you know, gone to bed earlier, got up later? No, because I needed that time to do the work. But what would I have done is I would have definitely been mindful of my caffeine intake. Okay, Mm. I'd have optimized my sleep to make sure the sleep that I did have was as good as it could get. Um, I would have factored in a little more personal and downtime. But I think the key thing I would have done is I would have worked out what do I need to eat to keep me fueled and going for that period of time. And I would have found time to either get like a meal prep solution or I'd have meal prep myself or found a way to do it so that I didn't have to think. So I would say if you can find a way to prep your food, get what you need ready, so the the less thinking you have to do, so less you have to worry. I mean, I saw a meme about this. It's like, you know, being a grown-up is just figuring out what you have for dinner every day until the day you die. Okay. And it is a pain, you know, it is a pain in the ass. But I think if you can make your life simple, if you can make it easy, if you can, you know, I thrive on probably being a bit boring as I mean, I can eat the same things day in, day out, every day with an evening off to kind of be free, go out for dinners, maybe make something, you know, if I was with my partner at the time, you know, make something together, go out for a nice date night or something like that. But I would say, you know, make it simple. So literally make it simple for you to succeed. I would say, you know, I would say that would be a great place to start. And also be aware of your triggers. So, for example, Mm. I was an emotional eater. If I got stressed, I'd eat. If I got happy, I'd eat. You know, it was my Mm. thing. It's quite common. So I will say it's being mindful of those triggers and maybe working out why that pisses you off, what you can do about it, and maybe think of other ways of doing it, ways of addressing it without having to resort to snorting a million cakes. (laughs) Yeah, that's those kind of alternative coping mechanisms. Yeah. There. You're kind of doing that to sort of fill a hole. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. You know, it was alcohol as well with me. It was just kind of that was so yeah. That's what I would change. You know, I wouldn't, you know, I stand by the effort I put in and I say if you want to achieve something of merit or of note, it takes time and it takes work and it takes more than you probably imagine, both time yeah. and work. But yeah, the thing, you know, I wouldn't change that and I don't regret it and I and I stick by what I did to get to where I am. But yeah. I would have fueled myself better and looked at better coping mechanisms than the ones that I had at the time. And I would have addressed yeah. the underlying concerns sooner. Yeah. So a bit of a roundabout one there, but I hope that was what you're after. No, that's awesome. It's realistic and pragmatic advice. Mm. So it wasn't online guru-ish of like, just yeah. and you die. Otherwise mm. you don't want it enough. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit, isn't it? Honestly, absolute <laughs> nonsense. 
That is awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's been really fun. So, yeah, and you can find um, Coffee with Dan and stuff. I will put the links in the show notes. So go join if you're not already a member. If you're a business owner, you need to be in there because there's lots of really cool people and advice. Um, And I'll also put a link to Dan's book, um, How to Be Fucking Awesome, uh, in the show notes too. So, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for Um, listening. Hope that made sense at some point. It was amazing. Thank you. Um, And thank you to everyone else for listening. And until next week, please take care of yourselves.